so there will be a number of um, different people speaking, uh, not just my dulcet tones. But as I was reflecting, um, ten years ago, uh, Ruth and I were visited uh, one uh, evening by a gentleman called Steve Thomas, who headed up um, Salt and Light uh, International UK, what, whatever he did, and we thought we were taking part in a review. He sat down and asked us to, or asked me, I should say, to consider leading City Church. It was not what we were expecting. Leave, not leaving. He asked me to leave City Church. Yeah. All right, thank you. Yes, yeah. Um. <laughs> Have you got that hearing loop turned up properly, Ian? And uh, uh, I'm not sure he was ready for my response further on in our conversations. And we had a significant discussion on the styles of leadership and my my different view. And I suppose today, I'm I'm actually quite nervous, if truth be known. I, I woke at, I don't know. I wake early, but this morning I was awake about quarter past five. And, um, and I'm nervous because what I talked about and what I saw then, um, today is the beginnings of. So that's ten years ago. All right? And things change slowly. Um, and uh, I think we're just beginning to see something of what... I felt I expressed to him ten years ago. He he didn't agree with me particularly, um, but still he was for me, which is interesting as well. That sometimes we can disagree, and in fact a lot of times we can disagree, but still choose to walk together. And um, please be aware, this is new for us. And we're new in our communication. And, and um, so, as well, please know that this has been two years in coming in discuss, dis, discussions. It's been the culmination of lots of different conversations around the church, across the church, in small groups. We've consulted and, and we're just beginning. All right, there will be lots of questions, which will be great. We might not, and we don't have time for tons of questions today, but we do, and we would really value input as well. So, um, can you just go for the next slide? Uh, This is our crazy, um, we call these ellipses or surfboards or uh, whatever. Um, But ultimately, we are moving from... Sim being the leader to, and I think this has been our journey, to me and Ruth leading the team to a team of leaders. I think that's been the journey. And um, a journey too doesn't mean it has been and maybe this is how I've felt sometimes, so excuse me for it, for expressing it if it's not true. But that Sim has to get the vision 
and everybody else decides whether they line up or they go to another church. Okay. <laughs> the truth is, you know, I don't believe vision comes from me. Vision comes from God, and it doesn't matter whether it comes from a two-year-old or a 72-year-old or a 90-year-old. Part of our job as leaders is to spot it and hear God and grab it and run with it and identify where it comes from. It's not for me to get vision, impart it to you, and you then choose and decide. Vision comes from God. So, a lot of what's going to be shared today is is vision that we think we're identifying from amongst us, not just from me, the superhero, Papa. (laughs) All right? Because I'm not a superhero. Um, but I am a child of God I, and I am visionary and I do see things I know I do so Graham is going to kick us off and uh, he heads up our gatherings and cultures okay thank you um, I have the uh, privilege really of standing here though it's uh, Ruth and Barbara and, uh, and I who have been talking about these things Um out of our conversation uh, has come a statement, which I'm, I'm just... It's a kind of vision statement, really. I'm going to read that in a bit. But uh, my uh, main message is we've not got very far. Uh, we've, we've talked quite a bit about Sunday mornings, which is at the top of that list. We haven't really gone a lot further with that. But we have thought quite a bit about Sunday mornings, so I'm going to say a little bit about that. But let me read this first. Um, There are some copies of this available, by the way, so if you think, what was all that he said and would like to look at it later, um, Henry has them and we'll do something about distributing them at an appropriate moment. We dream of a culture where God is loved, worshipped and honoured without reserve, which sees heaven invading earth, which regards the supernatural as natural, which sees lives saved, healed and restored to the fullness of God's purpose which allows people to grow big enough to depend fully on God's greatness without care for their smallness, which expects genuine change in individuals, families, neighbourhoods, societal structures and cities, which always sees an increase in the freedom of God's spirit to bring a decrease in fear, bondage, injustice and sickness, which sees generations working together to build strong communities which are transformed in the realms of business, education, media, the arts, government, family, and the church, which welcomes everyone to discover their value and significance in God's divine purpose, which refuses not to love, care, give, or count any cost higher than the cost Jesus has already paid, which runs from evil, deception, pride, arrogance, hypocrisy, and half-heartedness, and which always pursues the highest, holiest, a most heavenly, all to the glory of God. We dream of gatherings that move heaven and shake earth, that advance God's kingdom and terrify Satan's domain, 
that overflow with praise, worship, generosity, hospitality, freedom, truth, love and power. And where the lost, lonely and lame, the crushed, criticised and criminal, the broken, bigoted and betrayed, and the defeated, desperate and dead can find the restoration of the Father, the renewal of the Spirit and the revival of the Son. Uh, we do dream of that, genuinely. That's where we're going. In terms of a vision, state, vision statement, that's it. We're on the road. I'm not saying how far along the road we are because, frankly, I don't know. I don't even know how long the road is. But we're on the road, and that's the direction we're going. And uh, we hope that everybody will want to travel that with us. We have talked in particular about Sunday mornings. I think because they are one of the more obvious aspects of our gathering together. They are a focus for us. They're a focus for, uh, for a lot of people. And in, in lots of people, that's how people, uh, lots of ways, that's how people relate to church. That's what they see as church. Um, it isn't, of course, but um, publicly it is. So we're, we've uh, talked about some changes which will be instituted from uh, the beginning of um, the, the autumn, really. It's about as exact as I can be. Beginning of the autumn, so that's kind of September-ish. Um, and some of them are practical and some of them are, are, are a bit deeper and I'm not going through all the details. The things that you'll notice most, I suppose, will be that we'll come in at that door over there. We want to change the entrance. We want to change the feel of our meetings. There was a sense that we come into our space. Uh, we're going to come in and have coffee uh, first and afterwards. Just basically more coffee. Um, we're going to reinstitute the, uh, the pre-meeting prayer times that we used to have some while ago and draw all those together so people can come beforehand and pray. Uh, we're going to uh, build up a ministry team for afterwards and um, we simply want to have a uh, something that reflects more of God's hospitality and welcome and his generosity. Those really are watchwords that we're we're working with. Um, the rest of the stuff, yeah, that will happen, but I'm not too sure when. Um, so that's our bit. Yeah, do, do grab a, a note of Graham's poetic um, uh, introduction. It's, it's full of life and uh, something of God all over it. So that's good. Uh, we, um, our, our catchphrase, or particularly my catchphrase, has been uh, vision-wise to win Worcester and the world. And so some of the ways um, we do that and, uh, or are trying to do that, we're kind of sharing this, this morning because you've got to know what it looks like when you get there. That's what vision is. It's what, so what does it look like when you get there? How will we know we're doing okay? So that's part of the journey that we're on this morning. So Ashley and Sonia are going to come and share next.
Okay, so we're going to talk about um, the worship immediate ellipse. It is up there, that's good. Um, I'm going to start with some background stuff, um, kind of things that we've thought about um, that kind of have been part of constructing our vision, if you like. And then Sonia's going to give you some detail on that. Um, so let me start off. So there's kind of three things in this, things that kind of have influenced our vision. The first one is a picture that I gave to the team about three years ago. And I'm just going to read you what I wrote down at the time because I dug it out the other day. Um, And I think this is kind of good background. So it says this. I had a picture in my mind of a large altar, taller than normal human height, looking like a large rectangular granite plinth. Around it were a crowd of people representing us, CCW. Close to the altar were more people who represented the worship team, The whole congregation needed to get up onto the altar in order to worship and lay their lives down before God. The crowd could not easily get onto the altar, and so the worship team were helping them to get up by lifting them, giving them leg-ups, allowing them to stand on shoulders and backs, etc. And so each member of the congregation was able to get onto the altar and encounter the Lord there. The worship team were also helping each other to get onto the altar and meet with God but also returning to the floor to help lift up the congregation again. Okay, so that's one thing. That, was, I think, has been quite influential in what we've uh, been talking about. Another one is a scripture, and kind of my, one of my favorite Bible characters is a chap called Bezile, who we've heard about in preaching recently. There he is, the guy who's making the cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant. Um, This is what it says about him, uh, or what God says to Moses about him in Exodus 31. It says, look, I've specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He's a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones, In carving wood, he is a master at every craft. And I have personally appointed Ahiliab and Asherah. I always struggle with that one. Uh, (laughs) Ashimash. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I've tried that several times before. I still can't get it. (laughs) Of the tribe of Dan, that's easy. Um, (laughs) To be his assistant. Moreover, I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen so that they can make the things that I have commanded you to make. Um, I just think that's an amazingly interesting piece of scripture. Um, Bezalel was, according to scripture, the first person in the Bible to be filled with the Spirit of God. And he was filled with the Spirit of God in order to give him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts, it says. Which I think is remarkable. It's like God just wants to show his creativity through this guy. And um, it also says that it gave him wisdom. And that wisdom, I think, means that he was able to work on his gifts and hone them to a point where he was skillful. He was also a leader um, and a discipler. He worked with these two guys whose names I struggle to pronounce. But more than that, he had a whole team of guys working with him. We're all skilled and to some extent, under the same kind of anointing that God had given him. So there's a whole teamwork thing going on here, which I think is interesting. So being a little bit more specific now, here's what we see 
at CCW. Um, that's what I'm just doing now. Yeah. Sonia's on the ball. <laughs> Keeping me in order, right? <laughs> so here, here's a few, a, few, a few things that kind of express what we see. Um, we see a unique expression of worship to God using all the gifts that God has placed amongst us. So God's put us lot together for a reason. Um, as individuals and collectively, we have a whole bunch of gifts that we can offer to God in worship, and it's about releasing those gifts. Um, we want us to be a congregation able to worship in many different ways on Sunday mornings and at other times, again, using those gifts that God's given us. And then the other thing that I wanted to mention was came out through the, the learning community that we did last year, several times actually, and it kind of really resonated with, um, with us uh, as a team. And that is the image of a carnival. And um, so I wrapped down some words that kind of make me think about carnival, and there's a picture, one of the pictures at the bottom there is a picture of a carnival. It's probably a bit small and faded, but let me sort of fill that picture out with some words. So here's some words about carnival. It's creative. It's colourful. It's fun. It's a community thing. It's attractive. It's extravagant. It's a celebration. And so that's the kind of backdrop to what Sonia's now going to tell you. Okay. Um, so that's a bit to do with the, the sort of the vision and the journey that the worship team have been on for a while. Um, but uh, some of the more practical sort of outworkings of that and things that you'll see more obviously. Um, we've been working for some time on getting the, the team that run the PA and the team that run the projection and the worship team to kind of be a bit more of an integrated whole team. Um, and uh, so we've been putting together um, various evenings to try and um, build team amongst us. Um, Tom and Bex are running um, some training sessions on a Sunday night at their place where we watch videos and talk about stuff and pray together and eat lots of cake, um, to which, you know, if any of you are interested in thinking and talking about aspects of worship, you'd be very welcome to join us. Um, in fact, quick news drop, there's supposed to be one next Sunday night, and because Tom and Bex are away, it'll be at our house, or unless there's thousands of people coming, we'll make it at Linda's Farm or somewhere bigger, but... Um, more, no, more news on that uh, on the um, Facebook page. Um, practically speaking, we're aiming to replace our PA desk in the next couple of months um, with a, a digital desk. So there'll no longer be a big fat sort of trip hazard snake running across the floor. People will be pleased to know. Um, and it, it will, um, as we also re- replace our rather old and dilapidated laptop and our projector for a brighter one so you don't have to keep turning the lights off to see things, um, will hopefully uh, make way for some of the new multimedia and um, sort of things that we've got planned coming. Um, we're hoping that that will enable technologically things to run more smoothly on a Sunday morning, which I'm sure you'll be grateful for. Um, and uh, we're also setting up together, well, Bex is sort of pioneering a creative worship group uh, for people that are interested in exploring other ways of expressing our worship on a Sunday, maybe through dance or through art or through songwriting. Um, and uh, she's going to be getting together a focus group of people who are interested in that um, to discuss ideas and come up with uh, some ways forward in that particular area as well. So that kind of ties in with the, the carnival thing. Um, because we want City Church to be even more ace than it already is. So if there's anybody out there who's into art or dance or anything like that and likes to write songs in their bedroom, then please come and talk to us about it because we'd really love to have a chat with you about it. Was that quick enough? Did I keep to seven minutes? You did amazing.
Okay, we have um, Cheryl coming to share next. So this is my ellipse. Well, not really mine. Um, I lead it with Graham and Sim. Jesus is the hope for the hopeless, and he gives his heart to the broken, and he is our joy. And as we increase in our understanding of this truth, we want to help and support each other grow in our identities as sons and daughters of the Father, to support each other in our gifts our callings and destiny. At present, we run the Sozo ministry, and we want to see this ministry grow, not only in team size and the lives it touches, but within our lives, so that we would all know the closeness of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, without walls, at all times and in all settings. This, of course, will mean supporting more people to go on training. We not only want to partner with each other in all we see the Father doing in us as individuals, but in our city. We're not here to build our own kingdom, but we're here to bring the particular culture and influence of the kingdom of God that we carry. And for that reason, we want to partner with the ministries that are already established in our city, such as the Bridge, Cedar Tree, Two Pennies, Street Pastors, Good Soil Trust, those that I've forgotten. We, we want to be in a position to support new initiatives that bring the good news of the kingdom with the resources that we have amongst us, whether that's financial or people. We believe that Jesus is not only our hope or the city's hope, but he is the hope for the nations. We want to see people go into all the world and share the good news of Jesus. We want to support people who are our church partners overseas to a greater degree. We want to encourage and partner with more people as they take the step to go to other peoples and nations, which includes mission trips and individuals going on mission. We believe that God, who purposes to transform the lives of people who were suffering in darkness, grief, desperation, broken-heartedness, and captivity will receive freedom, release, comfort, and beauty without prejudice or discrimination. The transformed will be called oaks of righteousness and display God's splendor. We want to see the gospel of the kingdom at work in us, the church, in the city, and in the world because God is always good news everywhere. That was quick. Were there some other slides? Were they? That was clever, wasn't it? CCW, Church City World. So that that's important. There are aspects of a kingdom of God that are part of us in the church here. Um, uh, in Worcester, as Cheryl mentioned, with the ministries that we support, uh, both by being part of, but also financially as well. And in the world where we have families and people from us who are overseas. But I hope you picked up that we have a heart to see more. More people go in that. Thank you, Cheryl. You're very concise. 
and fast. <laughs> Paul, it's you. So one of the things that we've been talking about for a long time, and, and certainly what, what our heart as a leadership team is that rather than just simulate it, we want everyone to engage and find out what God wants you to play a part in. We also have a creative God, and one of the things that we believe is that you all have a destiny and calling to be able to be fulfilled. And so we want you to engage with God so that you can start walking out your destiny and your calling. And so one of the things that Richard and I lead this group is to think about, actually, what are things or events that you would like to be able to hear from God and to start to walk out. So this group here that we lead, the events group, is a section of areas where we believe that God can give you something, a vision, for something that's unique, that's linked to who you are. And then what we do is we will come alongside you to be able to support you, help you, facilitate anything we can do to help you fulfill what God's given you. Can I just say, we're not basically going to lead the thing. What we're going to do is support you as you fulfill what God's given you as a vision so that you can lead the thing and we'll also be able to support you. Is there another slide? So... There's lots of different things, and so this particular ellipse deals with all the different special events. There's there's a couple of things like um, weekends and stuff, but every single one of you has the opportunity to listen to God and get a vision for something that the church can benefit. Every single one of you has the ability to be able to listen Find out what God wants you to do and to be able to carry it out. So as you listen, as God gives you things, what about this? What about that? What about that? Come and talk to Richard and I. And we'll sit down and we'll be able to help you. We'll be able to give you uh, some tips, some ideas to be able to carry this through. But I believe, actually, we're all a very creative bunch of people. We follow after, as Sim was saying, a father who's creative. And so what Richard and I want to do is to be able to help you fulfill those things that God's called you to be. So just to call out, as you pray, as you listen, as God gives you something, come and approach us and we'll sit down and we'll be more than happy to give you all the support and facilitation for you to be able to champion of what God's able to call you to do. Um, and those guys really serve us well in helping us um, run family camps, run weekends, um, and uh, facilitate us doing some uh, great, fun things together. Um, right, uh, next on the list is me. Um, so I lead this uh, with Ruth and Richard this is our uh, missional communities and you can see that amongst that there are a whole number of different groups within the church and over the last five, six years 
we have been really focusing on uh, doing life together and being missional as we do life. So at the core of us is that little triangle up in and out. In fact, the 80s to 30s telephoned me at their first meeting, or FaceTime actually, to ask me, because rumours had it, that I had a tattoo of that on my bottom. (laughs) Apparently I do. (laughs) But only Ruth would know. And um, (laughs) we joke, but our... Our life together, in whatever group or that we're involved in, we want to love God, love each other, and love our neighbour. And each group will be different because it will be led by different people. And, and it's very, very different. And we've always talked about sometimes it's a network, sometimes it's in a neighbourhood. And some of our groups have been for a season. Some of them have gone well. Some of them have gone not so well. Some of them have started and stopped. Some of them are no longer. The fostering and adoption group currently is going through significant change. Lots of people were there at the start, but if you talk to Richard and and Robin now, less and less. So they're just thinking, what do we do with that? We're a community where we can have a go. And if it doesn't quite work, that's okay. We can we could say it didn't quite work. Let's do something else. The first steps group that we started for the turning uh, responders didn't work so well. So we something else has formed out of that. And we're now having a rethink about what we do for them and how we do it and who leads it. It doesn't all work perfectly, but we're a community, I believe, where we can have a go. Henry Newham said this, Community is the place where the person you least want to live with always lives. (laughs) It takes grace, shared vision and hard work. To form a community. Each group has a different emphasis, focus, where we want to see the presence of God and discipleship. Next slide, please. Some of the focus for our group um, and our conversations, we, we would like to see new missional communities birthed from vision that comes from us not me not the team just from us from God to us so we haven't got set ideas we just want to listen to the father as Paul said and um, Paul and Richard will help support in catalyzing that so will Ruth and I in that process. This is a place where we should be free to fly, to learn, to fall, to get up, and then go again. 
uh, Cheryl was sharing that Megan has just learned to uh, ride a bike. One of the joys and one of the things that, in effect, her, her cancer treatment put on hold. It's amazing that she's now achieved it. But when you're learning to ride a bike, you fall off sometimes and you get up and you have another go. And nobody says, oh, you just fell off your bike. Don't ever try that again. And I think we want that kind of heart and culture within our groups. Let's have a go. If it falls, if it doesn't quite work, it's okay. But let's applaud each other for having a go. And, and for stepping out sometimes in, in what we think God wants us to do. And we might just not get that right. But let's learn from it and go again. So we'd like to see uh, new new communities. Uh, one of the things that's become apparent as we've been around different groups and talked with people is um, leaders need support. And um, they need discipling. We all need discipling. And we want to grow new leaders as well. So one of the ways we've been using is huddles to do that. And uh, and they are for a season. They're deliberately for, men, uh, for people who are leading groups for us to invest time regularly for probably between six and nine months we spend doing that. And for those that we, where we see leadership uh, potential in and so we can release new leaders. So we've been using those. We'd like to continue to use those deliberately for supporting people who are in leadership and for growing new leaders. The other area that we are looking at and developing, particularly with Richard, is um, we'd like a coaching team to coach those who are leading um, groups. And um, so Richard is working and we need men and women to do that. It's Father's Day. We need spiritual fathers and mothers to operate within the church to help um, those that are leading. It's different to huddles, and um, but so that will be happening and is, and we are on a journey with that. The other thing that's become apparent as we've been uh, discussing and as many people from different. Um, uh, areas of meeting together from the trustees down to meeting with the youth leaders is we would really love to have a paid youth worker for our young people but also for this city and um, that's, that'll cost quite a chunk of money but we just we want to throw it out there that that's what we really that's what we've got vision for um, to see because we want to invest in our young people. Um, okay, that's me. Done. <laughs> Richard. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to get a slight break. We were really worried that we were going to run over time, and we're about 20 minutes ahead. So, 
So I'm taking it all. Thanks, Pete. I think you said take it all, did you? I haven't done you yet, Chris. I'm going to leave you at least three of your seven minutes. Okay. Um, I don't know how you're sort of receiving this sitting there. Um, we had a day last Saturday with the leadership team, and it was really exciting. As these kind of stuff came out and people were sharing, I suspect we're slightly nervous. Sim said he's a bit nervous. Um, and I don't know, there's loads of specific things in there. And I don't know how many of you that you're picking up, because you're sitting, in, sitting there taking loads of stuff in. Um, so, you know, we're finding this really exciting. And I'm finding it exciting because two years ago, Liz, wherever she is, I know she's here, and Alison, who's not here, and Graham and I had a day out at St. Peter's Church just sort of trying to pray and get God's vision for the admin team and uh, just work out uh, kind of how to, to, to bring all the admin stuff together. And that resulted in a, a whole list of things. And then we went, well, we can't manage that really, can we? So we then started grouping it and putting like long ovals around it, which resulted in the picture, first draft of about 15, of, that you've seen at the beginning slide on there. So for us to have had that conversation and begin to see that this is a way that actually we can begin to release people into leadership. It's the way we can begin to, to see how we can disciple people who are working in similar areas of ministry. So to go from there to last week having all those people who kind of stepped up to an extra level of leadership begin to have a sense of vision of what they were going to, uh, where they were going to be going with that vision and begin to talk in concrete terms about what they were going to do and how much it was going to cost. Uh, for me, was, I mean, I was in tears just with excitement. I'm again now talking about it. Um, with the excitement of it and the emotion of seeing people begin to, to be released and feel free to say, this is what I see, this is what I'm going to do. So I'm, uh, forgive me for leaders if I'm sort of putting you down a bit, but I, I haven't got a sense of that feeling of the excitement coming out of today, but I know it's there. So I wanted to take the 20 minutes, at least three or four of them, uh, that, that, that we've got as I was coming up, just to say that, that you know, hear all the individual things, but have a sense of, as Sim said, it's the beginning of a journey, and we're a bit tentative, and we're not quite sure it's going to go. But, you know, Sunday mornings is going to be transformed in the way that you come in and the way that you're welcomed. Worship over time will grow and develop into being much more visual and, and carnival and all those things that... So, uh, Sonia and Ash, and said. It is Sonia and Ash. Sorry, I get to, Sonia and Rodney, I get mixed up in my head, you know. <laughs> um, so... That's, you know, I just want to share that I'm excited about that, and I hope you are as well as you're picking things up. The idea of a, of a, of a, of a paid youth worker able to invest more into serving our, our, our young people is fantastic and amazing. So um, forgive me for uh, taking, stepping out of line there, Sim, <laughs> but I just wanted to share that that's uh, exciting. Um, and there are other specific things. Please don't let me stand on that, Lord. Um, specific things, you know, connecting with what's coming out of Thy Kingdom Come and how we serve the city and business and government and other areas that, that are being thought about and being talked about and we're working out. So there's more to come, uh, but it's a new way of thinking about things. So admin team. Uh, I'll have the next slide now. Thank you. So at that first meeting I talked about um, two years ago, uh, Liz got a picture of like a fence like, um, uh, like in a tennis court, you know, the sort of chicken wire type fence. Uh, and it was patched. But often it was patched in the places where there weren't holes. And in other places there were holes where there weren't patches. 
Uh, and sometimes the patches are in the right place. I think I'm describing this right, Liz, and I saw it at the back there somewhere. Uh, uh, thank you. Um, and the sort of phrase we got out of that of the admin team was guardians of the fence. And it was around actually looking at where the structure needs repairing and putting the repairs in the right place and, and getting that right. But then when we met again a year later, we prayed in the same way and just listened to God. And, uh, and Liz had another picture of an oak tree. Now, an oak tree, I understand, and you have to understand that I'm a linguist and not a biologist, but um, an oak tree is the pinnacle of forest life. Oak trees uh, grow and live for years. They're strong and sturdy. They're often on the top of hills, and they take the wind and the ravages of the weather, and they just gently sort of sway with it and don't get blown down by it. And they create an ecosystem under which... Lots and lots of other life lives on the ground, underneath with the shelter, in and amongst the leaves and in the bark. There's more life around an oak tree of all sorts of different plants and and insects and animals than you'll find from any other tree in the forest. And that was the picture gave to us. Because what he was saying as an admin team, we're not there to do admin. Although we do do a bit of admin. Well, they do a bit of admin, (laughs) to be fair. Um, What we are there is to create an ecosystem where we really enable uh, you guys from the church, I've been keeping this alive all the way through. Um, oh, there it's come back. Um, an ecosystem whereby all the different ministries and activities can thrive and can be properly administrated with our help, not that we do absolutely everything. So we came out with um, words on the next Aware Day we had, as we were discussing leading up to today, so words of the admin team are things like enablers, coordinators, a team, we're facilitators, we're collaborators, uh, we can signpost people to the right places, uh, we said we're available and patient. I don't know why we need that with you lot, but we are. Um, and actually we're part of the leadership because we see things happening in different places and are able to spot patterns or gaps or um, things where there might be more help needed. And that's the spirit we're trying to bring into what Liz and Alison, in particular, with my support in the leadership role, do. So please don't expect us to do all of your organisation and admin for you, but do expect us to be there to support you and help you and point in the right direction. And yes, we'll do some typing and some printing and, and that kind of stuff. But we're there to enable you in a similar way to how Paul and I and our other ellipse around events are there to help support people developing leadership. We are so, The whole spirit of this whole leadership model is... People who are leading or serving or supporting are there to release and enable others to grow and develop and become more mature and more effective in what they do. We've left the last half hour for Chris. (laughs) No, no, we haven't. No, we haven't. Um, So, uh, Chris uh, leads... The, the next ellipse, and he will come and share. Ooh, okay. We've reached the thrilling climax. Um, are you feeling encouraged by this this morning? Yeah, yeah good, because I am. I am. I know God spoke to me a little while ago about doing things differently and the importance of doing things differently because it leads to something exceptional. And I guess for, a lead, for the leadership team, we are all feeling a little bit nervous, and it is all a bit new. But I am convinced that the end fruit of this will be exceptional. 
Anyway, let me talk, talk to you about property. That slide looks nothing like my slide in front of me, but never mind. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's better. Splendid. Look at that. The surfboard's got squashed a little bit, but never mind. Okay. So, on the left-hand side, you can see of this ellipse that, that I have governance and responsibility over. We've got existing property, and then on the right-hand side, you've got new buildings. This has been quite a sort of um, a natural evolution, if I can use that word. Of the ellipse. So down the left-hand side, heading that up, there's myself, um, Chris Rymel, and Liz Wilson, and I am hugely, hugely grateful for those two um, really gifted individuals, and they've been such a help and asset in this. Down the left-hand side of that ellipse, you see all the things that are associated generally around Lindisfarne House, maintenance of Lindisfarne House, and the functioning thereof. It also covers all sorts of things like utilities, maintenance, um, things that we might think of as a little bit boring, but actually they are really important. At the bottom of that slide, there was a, there was a, a vision statement that I put to all of that, and it is simply this. This whole ellipse serves the vision and the effectiveness of all the other ellipses, and that is why we've put this last. It's really important. And um, the, the imagery of a surfboard, I think, is no coincidence. We joked about it a little bit on the leadership day. But actually, you know, with this, we ride God's presence. And all the other ellipses, in effect, are leaning on this because we want to support them and make them great for the kingdom and the glory of God. Okay. Down the right-hand side... Ooh, the new buildings. So we have a buildings committee team that has been a little bit quiet of late. I, myself, at the top of that list, there's Chris Rymel, Liz, Chris Hunt, Nathan, and Sonia Vickers. And as part of that, we have come to this realisation that with all these other ellipses and with all the great vision things that God has been speaking to us, we recognise that Lindisfarne House, as great and as lovely as it is, just isn't going to serve us enough. That's the reality of it, folks. It's a brilliant, brilliant building, and we're hugely grateful to God for it. But I think there is a time coming where, to serve the vision of all the other ellipses, we will be looking to move from Lindisfarne House. That's the reality of it. The buildings committee that you see on the right-hand side of that, that um, ellipse, we... We undertook various studies. One of them, one of the big ones was to evaluate Lindisfarne House, to look at the redevelopment of the site. And realistically, we could perhaps maximise that asset to cope with something like 250, maybe 300 people. And we felt, I, I, we felt as a team that actually that's just not big enough. So we're actively looking for an asset that would support 500 plus. Can I say that, Graham? (laughs) (laughs) And so that is what we are looking to do. We we recognise that we need somewhere that we can call home. Don't get me wrong, this building here has served us fantastically. But I think we all recognise there's something of it that it's just not home. Um, and we need something, not because we're precious about buildings, but we need something that is going to serve the vision of all these other ellipses. So it's kind of exciting. Um, there are a number of um, avenues that we are exploring. 
um, one of them being the possibility of getting um, um, planning permission for developing part of the Lindisfarne House site um, just in terms of maximising it as an asset. Um, if you want to talk to me more about that, you are welcome to. But remember, this is going to serve, we want it to serve the vision and the effect, effectiveness of all the other ellipses. Is that my seven minutes? Praise God, because he is really good. Uh, what's really interesting about buildings is, and about Lindisfarne, is that many people who are not here invested in that building, and that we are benefiting from. And when we think of vision, I, I'm, I've got grandchildren now, and it's not about it's not about now. It's about what are we leaving our grandchildren? In Proverbs, it talks about leaving an inheritance for your grandchildren. What are we leaving them? What is our vision? Do we want to be this size? Do we want to just have, you know, uh, 250 believers amongst us? Or do we want a thousand? What have we got vision for? And how do we, how do we help, help that? Um, do remember as well, I'm really honoured uh, to work with so many people who give their time voluntarily. I get paid one day a week and um, uh, as part of the church. And many others don't get paid a penny. And because of that, some things take longer than if you're in a business. You know, when you're in a paid business, you can make changes a lot quicker. In a voluntary organization, it takes a lot longer. I've learned that it's taken 10 years to get to this point. But it does take time. Um, and we're aware uh, as well that what people hear are different. We've had uh, differences of communication even with our, ourselves as a team. I want to just bring one or two things together that hopefully will help us as we begin to look forward to our gift day. We haven't a date for our gift day. Uh, we didn't have one last year um, because we were working in effect on this. And we want to now culminate what we've done and, and to look forward to a gift day which supports our vision. Historically, we've had a gift day where we've given to the city. That's been between eight to 12,000 pounds for a whole number of years. So once a year, we would bring an additional amount of money that we felt God speak to us about as an individual part of this church or family and it was to go to the ministries in the city. We would, we want to do that again. We'd like to be able to give £10,000 to support the godly ministries that we see in our city that are well needed. To bless our city. We want to be generous to our city. We want to love our city. We want to see uh, 
pregnant young girls supported. We want to be those who are poor and in debt looked after. We want to see those traumatized and in need of counseling. Have godly people counsel them and listen to them. We want to see the destitute and the poor and the homeless in our city loved. We want to see the drug addicts, the criminals, those who think they're worthless, have life poured into them and love poured into them, whether they respond or not. We want to love our city. We can love them by giving them some money. Good news to the poor is money. It's true, isn't it? We want to support world mission. I've loved going to Africa, to Asia, to other parts of the earth to learn, to grow in God, to be freaked out and scared in northern Uganda with the roads mined. Teach you to pray, to rely on God, to work as a team, to see other parts of the world, to get a heart for different nations. We have, in our roots, you know, thanks to Rick and those that led before, um, you know, who is a father of us as a church, he sowed into us mission to the world. We want to honour that. We have got people overseas because of that. Do you know what? We had the budget of one of those people, those couples. I cried. They're in debt every month. It's horrible to see. You're going, how do you live? They need more money. That's the truth. We also want to be able to release others to go overseas. And uh, who knows who amongst us might have a vision for Ghana or Nigeria. Any chance of vision for those countries amongst you? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. For Portugal or wherever we might have connections that God gives us. Uganda where many of us have been and our hearts are many a time. We have currently, um, Mark and Helen, yes, they thought they were expecting child number three, but now have four children. Living in North Africa with four children and coming back every now and again, that, that costs. They, yes, they've got a business, but it's not paying their costs. And we want to be generous towards them and love them, not send them dried tea bags or whatever. We want to honour them for laying down their lives. And um, we'd like to be able to support them more. That's the truth. We'd love a youth worker, a paid youth worker. You know, that would cost us £12,500 two days a week. Annually. But we want to invest in our young people. They're our future. 
just on that subject, just please be aware. Uh, we are very aware of the age of our leadership team. And um, uh, I, I'm not quite the youngest. I think Chris is the youngest. And uh, we, we know we need younger leadership. We are looking at that at the moment and, and how we might develop that. So there will be some changes coming in terms of proposing some of those changes to help us to develop leadership. We are looking at younger people joining for a period of time um, to introduce them to what leadership life is like. There's no promise necessarily of them coming on full-time into a leadership team, but some exposure to it. So that would enable us to, to do that for even, you know, 20-year-olds, 19-year-olds, stuff like that. So we're looking at that and looking at longer, younger leadership as well to be able to um, have them play their part. We're not asking them to just sit and watch. We want them to play their part and they'll bring some challenge. So we know... That will be a change for us. Okay. Now, on that subject, if you, we would welcome input. If you see somebody that's got real leadership gift that you think we haven't seen, or you just want to affirm that, that would really help us. Your your feedback, your insight would be really helpful for us because we are thinking and praying about that and it would maybe help us in confirming some things. So we would really value you expressing what you see into us. Grab anybody in the leadership team to express that. We will share it amongst ourselves. We're praying about that. That's high on our agenda. Please hear that. And uh, we do see some things and, and we are before the Lord in that area at this moment in time. Uh, we want to upgrade our digital sound system. You know what that'll do? It means that we'll, if it's digital, they come and it will be preset. You can have different settings and they won't have to spend half an hour getting the sound right, which they do amazingly well, by the way. We had somebody come who is a, you know, a specialist in this and he was so impressed by our team and how quickly they did it. You know, they give up every, you know, Sundays, and we're really, uh, you know, spend loads of time to get us ready for 10.15. It'd be really great if people came at 10.15 to honour them for all the work they did. It's true. Um... That, that will save a lot of time on setup, but again, costs us a chunk of money to be able to do that. So, here's what we think. We're normally used to, we, we've given between eight and 15,000 over the last few years when we've had a gift day. We let you off without a gift day last year. <laughs> All right. £30,000. £30,000. Given or kind of pledged in terms of increased 
tithes and offerings will get us those things. We'll be able to have a young person's worker. We'll be able to support our overseas partners. We'll have a great sound system that if we get a building, we'll be able to take it with us. So it's not wasted. We'll support our city. We'll love our city. Well, and be generous. So that's our heart. That's what we want to do. That's the beginnings. That's the kind of uh, culmination of uh, of those things. So we we'll set a gift day, and and we're going to go for it. I don't know what you've got in your bank account. You don't know what I've got in mine, but I know what he's got, and it's endless. And we want to be generous to the kingdom. And uh, I hope that helps in our expression of our love for him. We get an opportunity to do that together. It'll be fun. One of my favorite uh, moments last year was when um, Charlie Chudley went off to uh, YWAM. And he stood here. And we'd done the offering. And uh, he held a basket. He was slightly embarrassed, I think, weren't you? Uh, <laughs> you're a bit weird, did you say? Uh, yeah. And we streamed up. I couldn't believe how much money was in his basket and how much you held back from the offerings. <laughs> He had enough money and more, and with the surplus, he bought a guitar. And he tithed his money. Our, I know we're generous. So I know that. And uh, it, it moved me. I think many people were in tears that morning. And that's the heart and the spirit that we want to celebrate that God has given us, but express more to love our city and the world. Let's just pray. And maybe, shall we just, um, can we sing together? Shall we just sing it together as